Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, yo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into our little post-game show that we do here. It was recently described as a place for fans to be able to cheer. It's also a place where fans were able to celebrate in their rage. And Herb, today the White Sox lose 12-9 to in an embarrassing way blowing a sixth-run lead in the ninth inning. How's your Monday, Herb? Bad. Very bad. (sighs) Like, this is why when you see people like our manager, Tony La Russa, or people earlier this year bitch about the unwritten rules and scoring and stealing up six, anything you hear in the future, you tell them people to shut the fuck up. You need to score as many runs as you are allowed to. Stop putting your foot off the pedal. It's throat stomping time. The White Sox, you could see in that ninth inning, relaxed. Oh, man. Eight to two. A.J. Pollock hit his first White Sox home run. Man, fuck the Guardians. Relaxed. Air, 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 grand slam, bat toss. Then another three-run homer from Josh Naylor. And I like the uh, headline by our guy, Steven Nicholas, who's our producer. Naylor in the coffin. Naylor in the coffin. Barely knew her. See what I did there? (laughs) Um, Yeah, this was a demoralizing loss. As I put in the headline, this reminds me of that 7-1 lead we had in Kansas City. I think it was 2016. And they started off with either uh, Josh, uh, Do- uh, David Robertson or uh, another pitcher, and they gave up the lead, and Kansas City walked us off in that game. It was demoralizing then, 2016. It was a horrible year. This is probably the worst loss I can think about in my history. It well, just, it like, tough. it's the Guardians, firstly. And remember, Sean, I was the one who said, don't let Jose Ramirez beat you. Let XYZ Guardian beat you. And Josh Naylor said, hey, I got you, brother. (laughs) Hey, I I know White Sox fans are pissed at Josh Naylor. What is he supposed to do? I would toss my bat to the goddamn moon if I tied that game up. And when he hit that three-run home run, the same goddamn thing. He was hyped up. If you're mad, 
If you're the White Sox and you're mad, do something about it. Not hit them. Get them out next time. I'm just tired of this team. Win six in a row, and then that. We get quality effort. The best pitching performance of Michael Kopech's career. Professional career. And then we waste it. It just, mm, I, I just don't know why we're White Sox fans sometimes. Because this loss hurts. It Amen. physically hurts. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And, you know, why not let Herb uh, rant and rave here a bit? Because, again, six run, uh, you know, blowing six run uh, lead here is just absolutely embarrassing. And we got a ton of comments flowing in. Uh, shout out to all of you guys that are hanging out with us at 11.45 p.m. This is, you know, the, the show of the passion you know you're you right there saying why are we white Sox fans uh it's the same reason why 86 people are in here questioning the same exact thing let's start with the eighth inning or the ninth inning because i think that's exactly where you want to start mm-hmm. the tim anderson error cannot mm-hmm. happen the on Moncada error is showboating and I think maybe this is what people were talking about when they were giving Yoan Moncada so much hate is the fact that that is an easy ground ball that he should have had. That is Austin Hedges running up the line. He should have gotten in front of that ball. Like Stoney said, he took a stab at it. It bounced off. And that's really where things just started to turn for the absolute worst for the Sox. What was the moment that you thought was like, oh, shit, we're in trouble here? When Tim missed that ball coming in from a great throw from A.J. Pollock, which is a single. You gave up a home run, wash it away. It's eight to three. Then the next batter hits a single to left. AJ Pollock throws a nice relay throw to Tim, lackadaisical, hits the ball right in the middle of his glove. That ball goes all the way to first base, past the first baseman. And Jimenez, I think, or Rosario goes all the way to third. That was when I knew. And then when Yoan made that air, the next play, I was like, what are we doing? What are the hell are we doing here? This is not what a championship caliber team does. When they see blood, they attack. When it's time to close out games, they close them out. And I'm not even going to give any grief to Tony LaRusa. You guys would have did the same thing with a six-run lead. There's no putting Liam in. There's no putting Kendall Graveman in at that time. And I didn't think Tanner Banks was all that bad. So it is incumbent on the White Sox to pick the goddamn ball up Throw it the first, get the job done. And then I did not like, I know you want to probably get to it later. Josh, I mean, uh, Jose Ramirez. There's a runner on first, so you can't really walk him there. I would have just let him hit the farthest home run ever. Pitch it to him. Get him out. But to walk him You're there with the, the base already occupied... It just gives life to the Guardians there. You're talking about the 11th inning? I'm talking no, I'm talking about the ninth inning there where he there is they're up by four runs. It was still 8 to 4 after that air by Yohan Moncada. At that moment I'm saying, "Okay, cool. There's two outs. Let Jose Ramirez hit the farthest home run he wants to. Pitch it down the middle. He can't tie this game up. 8 to 6, cool. I'll take it." Let's go with uh, the next guy who's coming up, Owen Miller, with nobody up on on the on the base pass. But we walk him. Miller hits a single. 
And, of course, you know what happened next with Josh Naylor absolutely murdering a, what, 96-mile-per-hour fastball because Josh Naylor knew that Liam Hendricks couldn't get his slider over because he was dirtying a couple of those. So he saw that he can't get it over. So I'm going to sit 97 up top, and I'm going to murder it like he did. 99 miles per hour on that fastball from Liam Hendricks. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it's like people are wondering why he had that reaction. Well, he was sitting fastball. It's the only thing that Liam Hendricks could throw at that moment. And he can nail the top of the zone. That's exactly the only spot that Liam's been consistently nailing this year. Josh Naylor knew where that ball was going to be. And that's where, you know, that's why he ended up putting it where it, where it ended up. I mean, that's why he has that reaction where he has that. Bat flip. I want to go to something really quick. We, we don't, yep. we, you know, you're, you're absolutely right about, that's what went wrong with the ninth inning. I want to talk about what people are talking about in the comments here. Ryan but, saying this is nowhere near a championship caliber club. All of the hype and talk needs to stop until it's warranted. They might not be the second best team in their own division. I think I'd need to push back on that a little bit, but please. after they blow a lead like this and, and especially to a division opponent, I want to know your thoughts on this because I think that they're still a camp championship caliber club. Uh, but I don't know how you're feeling, especially in this moment being, you know, in, in after a 12 to nine loss. I don't get mad at a non-championship caliber team. Like that 2016 team, that was a terrible loss. I don't know a team that was shit though. I knew that team was not going anywhere. This team, if you're not, if you're telling me that you wouldn't want that lineup and did we just not see all the starting pitchers uh, post a sub two ERA in their last seven starts? The pitching works. The bullpen usually works. And now we're getting the hitting. Don't tell me it's not a championship caliber team. They're just not playing as such. They have the studs. Now, the difference is, can they put it all together for a team effort to win more games than they lose? Right now, they're at 500. That's just, that's just unacceptable. I don't care if it's May and it's early. This loss is demoralizing. It's up to those guys, those 26 men, the coaching staff, the GM, swallow this heart, this loss hard. Come back tomorrow and know you got one of your aces coming back in Lucas Giolito and erase this game. You, they, we got to hold on to it because it hurts. They can't. They got to be pissed about it and understand that this will never happen again, ever happen again. And that Guardians team is not better than you. They're not, and that's what the frustrating part. They've beaten you four times out of four times. And they're just showing you that the last couple years is not a fluke. Every time they see it, when they change their name from the Indians to the Guardians, whatever, they see Chicago, they enjoy. They eat that shit right up. Yeah, and and Brian's saying they have to prove it on the field, Herb. I mean, I don't really— So then when when they prove it on the field, then you're going to say they're champions. What What do you mean? They're, they have yeah, the I lineup. Mean, Are you mad? Are you here, Ryan, because you think this is an also-ran third-place AL Central team? No. You're here because you know this team is good. You know this team can be great, and they're not playing as such. So I don't know what you're talking about. I understand what you're saying. They are a championship team. If they're not, then why are we here? Then why do we care? Well, this this post-game show should have been fairly, you know, 
innocuous. I mean, this this should have been you know fairly cut and dry. I, I was going to have a cute little bit where we talk about the two errors that I thought mirrored each other. The fact that you know Gavin Sheets misses a right field fly ball in the first inning, and then you know Ahmed Rosario, who's also not an outfielder, he missed a, a fly ball in left field. Isn't that funny? Oh, isn't it funny that Tim Anderson had a throwing error at shortstop, and Owen Miller on the other side of the diamond couldn't pick up a, a, a ground ball? Isn't that funny? And now we're talking about is this team even a championship caliber team after a six game winning streak i think it's a little bit too much fans love to 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 overreact and i do just want to say calm down a little bit this is an embarrassing loss not only for you it's not only an embarrassing loss to us as as, you know doing the podcast it has to be embarrassing for those players and god i hope it's embarrassing because what a horrible Horrible way to lose that game. And I I see people saying, you know, Liam's overrated, overhyped. I I think he's figuring stuff out. And also, you know, we saw that Kendall Graveman wasn't even able to come into the game because they got him up so many times during that uh, the Cubs series and and the, uh, the the Red Sox series over the past weekend. And, you know, we see Liam get up for the eighth inning. The White Sox have a big eighth inning and then they have to put Tanner Banks in. I think part of it, too, was just him getting up him getting cold, him getting up. Like, I think it was part of that. And if you want to say that's an excuse, maybe, but it's just the weird quirks of baseball. Liam Hendricks is not going to be that bad. Josh Naylor had a ton of confidence, had nothing to lose because they were down six six runs going into the inning. He was looking fastball and he hit the hell out of a fastball. I mean, you know, that that's, you're going to put the closer that's worth $11 million into the game because he's worth $11 million. But, I mean, you just shouldn't be in that position in the first place. It, it's on Marcotta, it's on Anderson, in my opinion. You got to put the game away. You can't let this 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 other crap happen. That's the sign that this team isn't a championship caliber team because they're not even able to put away a team that they have under a six run lead with Tanner Banks in the game at nine. You know, with a six run lead, uh, and he hasn't pitched in you know about eleven games. Like it's 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 really really frustrating and I, I understand why fans are in here saying you know they don't have the resolve of championship teams like what the hell does that mean it's it's may hey, how, how you build resolve is losing games and understanding your weaknesses and building hey sean look to your left you see who it is hey yeah what's up is Vinny here it's yes. Vinny duber he's it's right Vinny. there to it's your Vinny left duber your chgo white Sox beat rider What's up, fellas? You, it's to my right on my screen. I don't know if it's different for you guys, but you can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Hi, Vinny. How you doing tonight? Hey, guys. I'm doing better than the White Sox are. Oh, <laughs> oh God. That's good. <laughs> Who'd you like, talk to tonight? Yeah, I mean, we got uh, we got Tony LaRusso, obviously. We got uh, uh, AJ Pollock. We got uh, Ryan Burr, and we got Liam Hendricks. So uh, a lot of the featured players there in the uh, – what Tony LaRusso called a brutal loss, a blue, a brutal collapse by the White Sox tonight. Yeah, that's that's a bad one. That's about as bad as of a loss as any team's going to have. But uh, and they uh, they weren't happy about it. But uh, you know they had they said all the right things afterwards that it's uh, time to flush it and think about tomorrow. But uh, you can tell it was bothering them. Ryan Burr says everybody in that clubhouse knows we played and pitched like shit. Boom. Is <laughs> was the mood. I was just going to ask you, was it somber or was it like Ryan Burr, angry? Yeah, I mean, these kind of things tend to happen uh, on a regular basis in a baseball clubhouse, at least from our perspective going in there after games. I mean, you know, it's 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 wild 
uh, uh, extremes, right? Whenever there's a win, no matter how early in the year it is or how easy it was or how normal it seems, they are blasting music like they, uh, you know, like it is your senior prom. And then, you know, when it's a loss, even if they if they got blown out, if they lost by one run, if it was uh, uh, your run-of-the-mill baseball game or something like happened tonight, uh, it is dead quiet in there like you're uh, attending a wake. So uh, mm-hmm. hard to uh, judge exactly what the um, – the, the level of uh, displeasure was tonight compared to some other losses, but certainly they kept talking about how much that stung, how much that one hurts, and to quote Ryan Burr, how much that sucked tonight. It, it's very eloquently put by Ryan Burr. We've been using the <laughs> term embarrassing. Uh, you said Tony used the word brutal. What did he have to say about the ninth inning mainly, just where the game truly got away blowing that six-run lead? Yeah, I mean, I, I asked him about the errors that were made, and, and he didn't really think that was a factor, to be quite honest. He, he thought that uh, he, he obviously placed his uh, blame on, or, you know, not, you know. He said that the, they didn't lose the game because of the defense, and, and in a way, he's right, right? I mean, your all-star closer shouldn't be giving up a grand slam with the game on the line. I mean, you know, you, you shouldn't be giving up six runs. The, it's not like all six runs were give, caused by those errors. But if you ask my opinion, uh, I would say that uh, – what we saw during that losing streak, what we saw during that losing stretch was some pretty bad defense at times by the White Sox. And it just happened to bite them in a very bad time, a very poorly timed way tonight uh, in which, you know, it, it, it opened the door for that kind of uh, collapse that we saw from the bullpen. So I think, uh, listen, there's a lot of blame to go around. Uh, for what happened tonight, and and maybe Tony's right that the the defense doesn't deserve the majority of it, um, but I don't think you can ignore the fact that they made four errors tonight. I'm gonna well, go. And I found go ahead. Well, oh, well, I, 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 sorry. Yeah, no, we were going back and forth thing. It's I, I screwed up the weave. It's on me. Um, I, I found the errors to be truly just eyesores. I mean, the Gavin Sheets one was brutal. The Tim Anderson was lackadaisical. The Yohan one was fairly showboaty. I, I, I wonder what Tony has. Is there anything he can actually say to the fans or anything out there about how they're going to clean up their defense? Right now, they're at an MLB worst, I think, 26 errors on the season. Anything specific about cleaning up the defense? Because even if they didn't lose the game, it's still something that needs to be fixed. Absolutely, and I think that's a big picture question, and that that those kind of things usually come the day after. Uh, you know what I mean? The 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 manager, especially someone like Tony Larusa, who we know their entire mood depends on the outcome of the game, uh, is going to be talking about the specifics. So I think tomorrow that will definitely be a kind of topic of conversation. And really, let's be honest: until they fix it, it's going to be a topic of conversation every day because uh, you know this is a team that you just said has 26 errors on the season, and that's just it's just not going to work. I mean, defense is something they talked about going all the way back to last year and what they needed to fix coming out of that Astros series. Uh, now we're still talking about it and, it, and it seems like it's, you know, glaring. It seems like it's uh, uh, in a much worse spot, at least, uh, you know, in the measurables, in the errors and stuff like that. So uh, we're going to be talking about it, no doubt about it. But this is, uh, you know, in the heat of the moment, um, you know, it's, it's very much specific to the game that was just played. I was wondering this, too, and some of the people in the comments section are also. Maybe I missed it in your earlier thread. Did Kendall Graveman have some type of dead arm? Was he not available for today's game? Because it just seemed weird that he wasn't out in the pitch mix or in the whole uh, bullpen coming into that extra inning affair. 
Yeah, there was uh, a lot of questions on Twitter that I got, obviously, in the, in the later stages of that game. And there was actually a fan sitting in front of the press box who kept yelling every time a new pitcher came in, where's Kendall Graveman? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I tend to think that this is, you know, a, a, a one-game thing until we're told otherwise, right, that, it, that not available for today based on, you know, the way that he was used over the last couple of series. Sean, I heard you you talking about it when, when, I, joined, uh, when I joined the stream here, and I, I think I think that's probably the most reasonable explanation, right? Is you get him up and you get him going and you're, you're pretty well down the road to being counted as used. You know what I mean? So it doesn't necessarily mean just because you don't see it in the baseball reference stat line that he pitched this day, this day, this day doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that, that he, uh, that he didn't work that day. We'll say, but you're right. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that, the point is, hey, we've got this great pitcher left. We, why wasn't he used in this one game out of 162? But it's it's just something that is now a question, right? Why why wasn't he available? Is there something going on? What is the fatigue level there? Um, I, I think Tony La Russa and the White Sox have confidence in their pitchers, regardless of who they are, to get guys out. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that we were talking about Tanner Banks as, you know, this great surprise out of nowhere weapon out of the bullpen, and he's the one that gets a little roughed up tonight. I mean, Liam Hendricks is the back-to-back AL reliever of the year, just saved five games in a row for the White Sox, and he's the one who gives up the grand slam. So, I mean, I don't think it comes down to one pitching change or one pitching change that wasn't made. This is kind of a total bullpen failure this evening. Yeah, I mean, Hendricks has showed last year he's, he's prone to giving up home runs. And when you don't have the slider working, Naylor clearly guessed fastball. He hit fastball. So I, I, I don't want to look at Liam having too many issues. I think that if he's thrown into his normal role, he'll probably perform at a normal rate. I do want to have a, a little talk here with, with you guys. I want to talk just a little ball here. I don't know where Graveman would have been used. Maybe in the eighth inning for Foster, but Foster performed fine. I, I thought he was fine. You know, he, he was used most recently in that Red Sox game on Sunday. So Graveman was on, on, on more rest today. I think maybe that's the only spot you used uh, you know, Graveman is instead of Foster. But outside of that, I really don't see a mismanagement of Graveman here. Am I wrong? Benny, I'll go to you first. I think you're absolutely right in saying that had he been available, that would have been the spot he would have been used. And I think he's higher on the depth chart, so to speak, for the eighth inning than Foster is. Now, you can make the argument, of course, if you're if you're someone looking to blame Tony for to, for tonight's loss, that, you know, that Graveman pitches the eighth like normal. Uh, and if everything goes the way it went, then in the ninth inning, that you would have Foster available to you for extra innings, who obviously has been uh, um, one of your more reliable pitchers. That being said, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think the problem is why didn't Graveman pitch in the 10th or the 11th? It's he wasn't pitching at all. And if he was going to pitch, it was going to be the eighth. Uh, we're, we're talking, all, we're going all the way down the road here to hypothetical land at this point. But uh, yeah, that's the way I see it. Did Ryan Burr speak about the pitch he gave up to uh, Josh Naylor? Looked like he uh, just hung a slider there, just got murdered. Well, yeah, he was actually, uh, both Tony and he were asked, you know, do you walk Naylor? In that situation, would have loaded the bases. Obviously, he's having a great he's having a great night, and that's exactly what both of them said. Tony said he thought about it, didn't end up doing it, uh, and and Ryan said that you know he wants to go after every hitter. Uh, you know he doesn't care who what they've done the the night previous or the season previous or their career previous. He's you know that's the competitor in him that he wants to go after everybody. And uh, you know yeah, I mean I I feel the same way. Usually it's like you know uh, when you're talking about. Um, 
these why didn't they intentionally walk situation. That's to, to me always that was a rare thing anyway, right? That's reserved for Barry Bonds or something like that. You know, you, you've got guys that you think are good. This is a champion, supposedly a championship caliber team, a roster built to win the World Series. You should be able to trust in any, any pitcher that you throw out there that they're going to be able to get out any hitter that you throw out there. And so, you know, um, those kind of things come into play in the playoffs. It's May. And I, I just don't think that, you know, that the, the whole intentional walk, um, you know, strategy to get around this thing, because this is the most important game ever. Like it's, it's May, <laughs> it's May. And uh, yeah, this was brutal. This was bad. This is about as bad a loss as you're going to see. Uh, but it also is May. <laughs> well, and honestly, the only guy that I considered them walking would have been in the top of the 11th, but it would have been Ramirez. Mm-hmm. After they get Quan out, I would have made it first and second walking Ramirez. They ended up doing it anyways. Uh, I just would have gave him the free pass there. Uh, but outside of that, I really wouldn't even entertain walking Naylor. I said this on Twitter. Um, you know, I was I was shit talking Josh Naylor in my head before this game this entire time. I'm like, this is this is the guy that we're, we're afraid of in the middle of their lineup with no batting gloves on. And, you know, well, here he comes and <laughs> two run uh, home runs uh, shutting my, my my head up. So, uh, you know, that I, I just found that funny. I, I wouldn't have walked Naylor. I didn't have too many issues with that. Um, you did talk to Tony, though. Uh, no mention of Kopech. Uh, just yet i do want to talk about his six innings he was great today uh what did tony have to say we saw michael's reaction too after being taken out uh after his performance against the cubs after about f- uh four innings uh there uh and he was really you know upset with his performance or, or not being able to go the distance uh what was the talk in the clubhouse about him going the, the six innings yeah in fact the uh you know the end of the game has you know made Kopech's outing so um you know ancient history so to speak that uh that was the focus of tony's uh, post game but we did talk to michael Kopech after the game and um he was happy with the way he pitched as he should be and and really it was what liam Hendricks said was that the bullpen's mad that they couldn't get Kopech a win because he earned it and he deserved it so um in terms of the workload at this point you know this is going to be a season-long thing with Kopech is, is talking about how many uh, innings he went and how many innings he didn't go and that kind of thing. Um, but listen, he was excellent tonight. He was he was terrific. And uh, I think that the, the overarching point here should be that the White Sox have something in Michael Kopech. Not that they didn't think they did, but that, that we didn't know what, what he was going to be able to do from a workload standpoint, from a hasn't been a full-time starter in years standpoint. And here he's going out there and he's pitching as impressively as anyone under those circumstances. Um, you know, obviously Dylan Cease has been electric. Lucas Giolito has been reliable and, and doing what he's expected to do. Michael Kopech has perhaps been the biggest surprise of the of the White Sox rotation and in a very positive manner uh, for this team. So if they can keep getting what they're getting from him, uh, the the giant question mark that it seemed the rotation had before the season started is 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 gone. And and that is a uh, that's a huge huge deal because you're looking at a rotation especially once they get Lance Lynn back, that is going to start looking an awful lot like that one last year that was the best starting rotation in the American League through the end of the regular season, and they really carried this team at times. Kopech now with the lowest ERA in the major leagues as he qualifies. He still has no wins and no losses. Speaking of a guy who has all the wins, we saw Raylo leave the game in the 11th inning, Ronaldo Lopez. Any update for his injury that happened in the top of the 11th? 
yeah, it was weird. Low back tightness is what it was called, and it, it must have been something that happened while he was warming up that inning because he went out there for warm-up pitches, and then right before the inning's supposed to start, you see Tony coming out with the trainer. So uh, we didn't get any word other than that, and I'm sure that that's something that they're evaluating from day to day here. We'll, we'll get more clarity on it tomorrow if that's something that's going to bother him moving forward. Uh, but, yeah, something that he must have felt or, uh, you know, or, or maybe something that, that was identified from the dugout even uh, while he was throwing those warm-up pitches. Uh, staying on the injury train, I, I do want to talk about Aaron Bummer getting hurt. We see Joe Kelly make his White Sox debut in the seventh inning. We see also Yohan Moncada come back. We see Jake Berger get sent down. Uh, could you talk about Bummer's injury, and could you talk about the return of Moncada and then you know Kelly uh, coming to the team and then Berger going down? Yes, hold on. Let me jot that down. I need to, you know, make some notes there. Um, My bad. There's a reason I'm at home. I'm uh, I'm just joking. This closet, very, very fumey. You know what I'm talking about? I see. I see. Yeah. I would go ahead and open the door maybe. But uh, yeah, I could. I could. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's open. It's open. All right. oh, I can't, maybe I open can't the bedroom this. door too. Uh, <laughs> open, a, open a window or something. But uh, yeah, uh... To, to, to try and cover everything you just asked me about, Aaron Bummer <laughs> is not uh, not worried that his injury is going to last too long past the, uh, and Rick Hahn even said the same thing, not last too long past the um, uh, the 15 days that he's going to be up. Remember that injury, that injured list stayed length is changed now all of a sudden in the middle of the year so yeah 15 days for Aaron Bummer they don't think it's going to go much past that uh Andrew Vaughn probably not going to be back on the on Thursday when he's eligible to come off but might be only a couple of days after that uh we've got what else did you ask me about Joe Kelly's uh, here Jake he's Berger. very good yeah. uh Yoan Moncada is here he had an eventful evening certainly uh on on both ends of the spectrum um uh you know I think I I, so I'll let you in on a little hint here. I saw our guy Ryan Herrera tweeting about what he was calling from the office. If you call something on TV is it, when you're watching on TV, not sure how brag-worthy that is. So I'm going to go ahead and throw a little shade and say that I called the, the, the Grand Slam from inside the stadium. So there's that. There's a little oh, wow. brag there. But yeah, uh, but then also I attempted on multiple occasions to call the welcome back walk-off for Yoan Moncada. It didn't work. But again, an eventful day for him. Uh, Jake Berger went down basically because Jake Berger can only play third base. That's pretty much what it came down to. The offensive numbers have not been good, even though there's been some positive moments for him. And I think a lot of people were comparing him to Gavin Sheets in that regard, who also has not had very good offensive numbers this season, but had a big home run tonight uh, to, to get off the schneid a little bit. Of course, Gavin Sheets is capable of playing multiple positions. Right field is one of those, and he made a horrendous error there in the first inning, which I'm sure he would like to have back. Uh, and then, uh, but yeah, that's that's the reasoning. There is uh, the versatility, and and they've got so many pitchers on this roster that they need the few bench players that they have to be able to be plugged in in a variety of spots. And Jake Berger not really capable of doing that. Did anybody speak about how filthy Joe Kelly was today? Because mercy, I did not know. I thought I knew he was good, but God damn it, that man is great. 99 mile per hour sinker with tail and movement. Mercy. Hey, there's a reason that every time I brought him up in the last couple of weeks, everybody was laughing. And I think it's because <laughs> they realized how they realized just how many weapons are going to be in that bullpen. Now, it's a tough night to, you know, pump up the bullpen with the way things played out. But when you've got Hendricks, Graveman. Kelly at the back end, and then you throw in all these other guys who have impressed in their own way, plus the guy that Aaron Bummer is supposed to be for this team. Uh, I mean, that's the kind of bullpen you build for the playoffs, right? And, and, and really every year, 
contending teams make an uh, an addition to that group at the trade deadline too. So this could this could be one of those bullpens. Of course, that's what we were saying at the beginning of last season. Didn't turn out that way. That's what we were saying at the trade deadline last season after they got Craig Kimbrell. Didn't turn out that way. So obviously a long way to go. But you gotta like the veteran. Uh, the track records of the guys at the back end of that bullpen right now in Hendricks, Graveman, and Kelly. And obviously you saw Kelly for the first time and what he can do tonight. Yeah, and he did his job, so we can't be too mad at Joe Kelly. I mean, it, it, it was after Joe Kelly when things got rough. You did mention A.J. Pollock, another new addition uh, to the White Sox, a former teammate of Joe Kelly with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, he hits his first home run in a White Sox uniform, finally got that monkey off his proverbial back there. Uh, how did he feel after hitting that one out? I think the proverbial thing in that in that phrase is the monkey. Because oh, his back, he has uh, a back. He doesn't really have a monkey on it. But, screw that up. But I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, it, was, it was fortuitous. Before the game, Rick Hahn talked about uh, A.J. Pollock and that, you know, this guy has a track record. This guy has been a proven successful hitter at the major league level. Only a matter of time before he gets going again. And really, uh, you know, coincidentally, in talking about the team as a whole and how there are, are, are several guys who haven't really – played up to their numbers yet uh, yet this season he said I, I can envision a, a stretch where AJ Pollock will carry the team and you know I, I think a lot of fans out there might read that and go really now that that hasn't really we haven't really seen any of that but um, he's the kind of hitter who has done that for for small stretches in the past during his career and I think you saw tonight what uh, you know what the White Sox were hoping for when they signed him and uh, certainly uh, they're expecting to see more of that as time goes on the atmosphere sounded great from the television how was it there maybe a little sparse crowd uh action there what is uh what was the attendance and how was the atmosphere for the south side mondays after coming back from a six game road trip where you won most of them well five game road trip where you won all of them actually yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, I, I think it was under eighteen thousand the paid attendance, mm. and and but that's that's not surprising for a Monday night in May. Uh, but finally, we had some good weather, some good temperature, some baseball like uh, feeling here on the South Side. So I would expect those if the winds keep coming to uh, to those crowds to get bigger. But you know, it's Monday night, it's a school night, Herb, and we were it and is. it's already quarter after midnight. So you know, uh, I can understand why people don't want to uh, drive all the way down here, bring their kids, and then be uh, given a four and a half hour baseball game or whatever the hell that was that we just sat through <laughs> yeah we had a guy in israel watching our pregame show it was three o'clock in the morning there it's seven o'clock when it ended now it's probably like eight so yeah i hope eli is not watching at all and i mean i think i would imagine that at now eli's at work right <laughs> oh, right god just pissed <laughs> off all day long <laughs> He went yeah, to bed probably sometime before that ninth inning, I would imagine. <laughs> You're fool about the White Sox. I hope they know about it by, over there. I, th I think he went to bed with uh, White Sox dreams in his head and then woke up to a nightmare. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, all right, so uh, that's going to wrap it with Vinny Duber, I think. Uh, you should check out all of his work on allchgo.com. He has a new article about Johnny Cueto as well. We haven't talked about Johnny Cueto, but we should see him soon. You'll get all the details uh, over at allchgo.com with Vinny's new article. He also recapped uh, the horrible question I asked him about Jake Berger and Juan Moncada. <laughs> uh, he actually wrote a very well thought out and uh, edited article, uh, unlike my question, over it's at allchgo.com. Tuesday, Sean. Give yourself a break. 
it's like i guess it is tuesday now Ooh. it was monday uh but Vinny, uh final thing uh you did mention rick Hahn. You, you talked to rick Hahn. any other news or notes that we might have missed uh from rick Hahn today uh that you want to share not you know not terribly you know breaking news or anything like that you mentioned cueto and we got a few more comments on him and it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out um but but uh yasmani grandal has been of interest i think the first month and a half here um not catching very regularly you know maybe i think he's only twice there's only twice where he's caught on back-to-back days and, and one of those was interrupted by uh, the second game of a doubleheader the on, on day one there so um be very interesting to see how they handle him and apparently this is just the plan to kind of ease him in to make sure that, that he's going to be ready for October. Very much the same explanation they're giving for the way they're going to use Kopech uh, throughout the season. So um, I think we've all been sitting around wondering, like, why isn't the number one catchy, catcher catching very often? But, uh, you know, you might expect four out of five days from from him, and that's not not, not what has happened. So, uh, but, but basically the explanation was they're, they're not only confident in what Reese McGuire can do, but they're basically just really slow playing Yasmani to make sure that he's going to be ready to go. I did ask, do you expect his, the frequency of his games caught to go up as the year progresses? And he said, I would think so. So there you go. There you go, Herb. Rick's talking to you. That's, I mean, that's, that's not directly. That's his messenger. <laughs> no, not not directly. Uh, but Vinny, uh, we'll talk to you directly uh, on Twitter, and he will he will send you great articles when you become a member at allchgo.com. So what are you waiting for? Go to allchgo.com and go read Vinny's great work. He is a crucial and integral girl part to our team. So go follow the CHGO White Sox beat writer on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Vinny, thank you for your work, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Cheer up and go to bed. Good morning to all. You too. Uh, and let's go pay some bills because you can sign up to be a member at allchgo.com. And when you do sign up, you will get a free shirt upon sign up. But there's also a fun deal. If you want to support CHGO, you can download the Points Bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. That's $2,000 and free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from a CHGO locker, all for signing up or all for using the code CHGO when you make a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. PointsBet is your home for live and play betting and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's newest feature, the live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet. You can combine your favorite bets anytime during the game and if you want more, you can also boost your live same-game parlays. You can watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. Online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And I want to talk to you about our next partner. They have a product that I literally use every day. I started taking AG1s about, you know, six weeks ago when I started my first full-time job. I wanted to get into a routine each and every morning when I woke up and I wake up using my athletic greens because it doesn't taste super healthy. Uh, it it kind of has a mild 
tropical taste that I look forward to each and every morning. Herb looks forward to it each and every morning. He's able to easily put into his smoothies each morning and make sure that he's getting 75 important high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics and adaptogens with one delicious scoop of AG1s. You're getting all of that goodness. Again, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs of a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Again, 8 to 12 ounces of water. You put a scoop of AG1s in. You're getting 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals. Herb, he, he skips the water thing. He puts it in his smoothies. And, and, you I mean, know, I he, put he, it in the water, and then I put it in the smoothie. So, oh, you, like, make the mix. Yeah, I make the mix, and then I put it into the smoothie, which already has mm. almond milk and then a bunch of fruit in it, so it's delicious. Like that tropical taste you're already talking about. I got mangoes. Mangoes. I got bananas. I got some pineapple in there. Mm. Can't you just put the packet in though? Or can't you, you can if you want in? to. Okay. But I All like right. to I like to dissolve the the product in the water and then introduce it to the smoothie. There you go. That's Athletic Greens hacks right there from Herb Lawrence. To make it easy, too, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O-S-O-X. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O-S-O-X to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Always good to talk to Vinny Herb. I know that you uh, you love his stops, and you want to make sure that you check out his great work at all C-H-G-O-S-O-X. Com. Uh, he JCJ. makes me feel a little bit better every time we get to speak to him because he has a cheery disposition about himself. He's not a fan like we are. He comes at it at a like a clinical, very sterile way of looking at baseball. I am still pissed. Vinny will go to sleep happy <laughs> as hell. Me, I'll be up for hours now thinking about this goddamn loss, tweeting thinking about, man, why couldn't we do this? Why do we, like, I'm still mad at that, even though it didn't really count. Oh, my God, Eli's still, oh, my God, Eli's still with us, our he, guy from Israel. He is at work. Is, oh, my God, Eli. You're, you're a champion. You're a champion, he Eli. Watching I, I am tired right now, Eli, and it's like 8 damn o'clock, 819 in Israel. in the morning. Eli, did you, did you get sleep, my man? You, you... Must have just, I mean, 3 a.m. And it's now what, Stephen? 8 a.m. Yes. Get five hours of sleep, Eli. You need to sleep, my man. That's not healthy. Eli's a White Sox fan. He schedules his day around the CHGO White Sox. I mean, just I appreciate you listening and watching, Eli, and all the people who are listening on the podcast. Uh, We had Eli in the pregame. He's in Israel right now. It was 3 a.m., so we start singing songs it's about Matchbox 20, like that one. And I was like, there's no way Eli, like Eli at the ninth inning was probably like, man, I'm going to sleep, catch me a couple hours before I got to go to the gig. Nope. Eli just stayed up and watched the White Sox falter. Now I got to go to the gig for another eight, nine hours. I don't even know if, you know, Israel works like nine hours, uh, 10 hours like we do here in America because it's dumb. Um, but Eli... God bless, man. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I hope you have a great day and forget about this loss because you don't deserve it, Eli. You're better than that.
And I like Eric Fenton saying Eli went is sleep a at pot. nine. Wait, how, oh, you went to sleep at nine and then woke up at three a.m. Wow, Eli's a champion. Whoa, yeah, that is that's crazy. Thank you, Eli, for uh, sticking up with us and watching us over in Do Israel. Do it tomorrow too, and, Eli. Uh, I agree with Jason J saying, I'm sorry, Eli, you deserve better. You that do. is the truth. Uh, hopefully the White Sox can bounce back uh, tomorrow. The White Sox will have Lucas Giolito going to the bump versus Cal Quantrill. Uh, before we get back, because I feel like we're going to revisit this game, Herb, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about this. Why? we got still a couple minutes to talk. Why I wanna... do we have to revisit the game? Well then, well then, let's go. Let's. I, I was going to try to give you a little bit more of a buffer before we went back to the game. We go talked ahead. to Vinny. Vinny talked about Jake Berger going down to Charlotte. Jake mm -hmm. Berger going down because of his versatility. Yep. What do you think about that? We discussed the whole Gavin Sheets thing possibly going down after he bunted yesterday versus a right-handed pitcher. Uh, he makes up for it, hitting one into the seats today. But uh, he also had that ugly uh, drop pop fly in right field. As I said yesterday, I thought that. Gavin Sheets deserved to go down to AAA more than Jake Berger, but they would choose handedness since uh, Sheets is a left-handed hitter. And Vinny said he can play the multiple positions, right field, can play that one, and first base. Um, I think uh, Berger can play right field, especially if you're going to play it like that, Gavin Sheets. And he's a third baseman, so he probably has a nice right fielder's arm too. So I, if we're doing... By meritocracy, it should have been either Danny Mendick or Gavin Sheets going down there before Berger, who himself deserved to go down to the Myers. Don't get it twisted. He wasn't having an awesome season where you couldn't send him back down. His offense was falling off a little bit. That's what happens when you expose a player who's not necessarily an everyday player to more playing time, a.k.a. Lurie Garcia. But he did well with the glove. He did well with running bases and such. He was a very valuable piece, and I expect him to come back to the White Sox and contribute to a team that will win the AL Central. That's why I'm mad today, because they keep on losing to garbage teams like the Guardians. I don't give a goddamn if they can hit well. They're not good. I told you about Zach Plesak. He was trash. Exactly how trash. we said. Our guy Edgar was right on track. We had an 8-2 to score. So Ed Edgar said 7-1 in the pregame. We're right on track with the margin of uh, margin of victory. And the White Sox said, F Egger. I don't want you to win, Egger. I don't want you to get this shine in the in the White Sox CHGO White Sox postgame. So we're gonna mess this game up and go to extras and make it the Josh Naylor game. Well, and like finest. And KPW's happy as hell. Is this Canadian <laughs> brethren coming yes. through? And Fred said that this uh, post game is supposed to happen at 10:15, and then the White Sox defense said, "Hold my beer." Uh, so, and yes, KPW saying, "Hey guys, my fellow Cam Canadian did you guys dirty?" A, uh, he didn't say a. Uh, I added the a there because <laughs> uh, he's Canadian. A uh, Tim Bits, yeah. Tim Hortons, I, I'm, I, I'm, hockey, I, I garbage goals, the tragically hip. <laughs> you ever hear of them? You uh, yeah, game? I've never heard of the songs, but I've heard of that band. Yes. Oh, you should have listened to New Orleans is sinking. That song is great. It's not. I mean, I mean, they're different bands. Rush is Rush are innovators. Tragically hip are poets. You know, the outfield. They're Canadian. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to lose them tonight. You know, play, play deep. It was their album, I believe. I just, I just know them because of Mike. Beckham. I think Mike Reno is the, the lead singer. I know my outfield. Um, Jaxo says, I can't believe we brought in Tanner Banks in that situation when it should have brought in Hendricks. Not necessarily. I don't agree with it. It was eight to two in the ninth inning. Your closer in a non-closing situation. Don't use them there. They already got him up. Once they got the lead up to eight to two, 
I'm fine with Tanner Banks working there. Just pick the ball up. Tanner Banks gave up a home run. Cool. Eight to three. Pick the ball up after the single. Then you have a double play available to you, the next hitter. Instead, you throw the ball around. Timmy misses it. You have a runner on third. Then another air by Yoan Moncada where you could have had another out right there. Just pick the ball up. And I don't think Liam Hendricks should have been used at all in the ninth inning if we do the things right like we're supposed to. At most, it should have been an 8-4 to four game. Well, and he hasn't been used, Tanner Banks, since May 1st. This is his first outing in, you know, 10 days here, or I guess nine days at that point. It, it, it makes no sense, honestly, uh, to, to, uh, to go to him at that point. I, I mean, well, now I'm talking myself out of it. I, I just, I'm thinking about Jaxo's point. If they brought in Hendricks, I wouldn't Ooh. have hated it because they got him up. I've, I messed up. The outfield is English. I was thinking about Loverboy the whole time. Loverboy's Canadian? Yeah. Huh. Who knew? Anyway, I don't want to lose your uh, love. You That's Rob the outfield. Manfred? Rob Manfred's bringing a, a, a baseball team to, to the UK. Did you see that? He promised the, the London mayor that. Yeah, we're not going. We're gonna, they're going to name it after the outfield, and they're all going to walk up to that stupid damn song. Um, I, I do want to talk to you about uh, F- Fred saying Liam isn't the best coming on with guys on base. Uh, that's true as well. Yeah. I mean, with the fact that he could only throw a fastball, it, it was it was just it, – it's, it's, it's clunky. It was all clunky with the Sox in the ninth inning uh, because you get Hendricks up, and if they, they put him in there, I wouldn't <laughs> have hated it. Uh, and then if, if – if Banks does his job and they don't have all these these horrible errors, we don't have a pissed off post game tonight, and it's real easy and clean. I'm bouncing everywhere too, just because think, it, it's, Sean, it's it's brutal, Herb. I mean, I, think, I feel so bad that I'm here and not there. This, <laughs> what are you? I'm in your seat right now. Do you think that putting Liam up, you know, because you thought it's maybe a safe situation? then sitting them back down and then bringing them back up and then put him into the game, as they say, with a dirty uh, inning there, really affected him. Maybe his his grip on the slider was off. He couldn't find well, he, the control command for that slider because he was dirting that shit early. And this is this is why we we work together uh, well here, Herb, because I'm struggling to find my points. That's exactly it. I felt I felt he was absolutely amped up. There's a reason why that fastball the nailer was 99, uh, because the sliders he was throwing was 91. I think that he just got out of his rhythm. He got out of his schedule. I, he got out of his routine. We talk about how much routine means to these players. I think he got out of his routine, and I think that the fact that he went back down after that Pollock Homer, I think that's probably what set him off and, and and led to him having a rough outing. He was still able to locate that fastball, but at that point, he's a one-pitch pitcher. And again, that's why Naylor's able to strike off uh, the slider. He's not expecting that 0-1. He's not expecting the curveball 0-1. He's expecting that fastball 0-0 right where it was, and that's why he took it out to, to right center field. So I, I would say that him getting up, him getting down was probably the worst thing. And and maybe that's where you go to Graveman in, in that situation. You, you you start putting him up once that error happens and Rosario ends up being on third base. You know what I've figured out, Sean? The six-game winning streak, four runs or less, we scored way too many runs. Right. Stop scoring all these goddamn runs, White Sox. When and they AJ scored five, I was like, we're in trouble. We're going to lose they- this game. And they finally get outputs from AJ Pollock and Gavin Sheets. And you're just like, finally, like they, they get it off their backs. They're just like, oh, we get the great performance from them and we get to call it a day. And then, you know, and then, I before we get too negative and we've covered this game very negative. I know we spoke to Vinny about it, but your thoughts 
on Mr. Michael Kopech tonight. Yes, let's get let's get to that. Uh, first off, let's talk about a game changer because I think Michael Kopech is a game changer. But if you want a competitive edge, obviously have Michael Kopech <laughs> in your starting rotation. But Strava CBD coffee is a true game changer and has helped thousands of people to help improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it offers real benefits that can help you feel alert and focus without the jitters, live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. And my favorite part of Strava, which is introducing CBD into your daily routine can help you enjoy a more restful sleep. So you wake up feeling your best. I have felt the importance of having that in my daily routine. I like to have the decaffeinated version of Strava. I like to drink it before I go to bed and it does help me sleep better each and every night. The best part, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effects of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code CHGO25. 25 at checkout discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only one use per customer and if you already love strava subscribe and save with the strava coffee club with strava you're in control save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or offices on your preferred schedule again 25 percent off your entire purchase when you use code chgo25 that's 25 percent off your entire order at stravacraftcoffee.com let's talk about michael kopech he did go six innings which was very very impressive to see and i thought what was really really great from kopech today was the ability to load up the zone with strikes but also i liked his ability to battle it was an ugly first inning for him he should have been out of it with that gavin sheets air he ends up going into the 20s in his pitch mix you see the final line there six innings pitched one or one run uh was not earned because of the gavin sheets uh error so one run allowed two hits allowed two walks seven k's but stoney said it like it, it, it looked like he wasn't really there it looked wasn't look like he wasn't really finding it uh but then it felt like he really started to settle in in the fourth inning and it just felt like michael he's not there in the first inning but it still is effective and he might not be there in the second inning or the third inning but it's effective and my favorite part was when he gets a strike uh it's it's a ball that ends it should have been a strike uh but it's it's right off the plate and he gets so pissed off at the umpire and you could see it he's trying not to yell at the umpire but he's trying to let the umpire know that he is pissed off and then he gets back on the mound and he looks dead at reese mcguire and he looks dead at the umpire and he looks dead at owen miller and says do you know what i'm not putting this into carlos i think it's perez's uh i forget the umpire's last name uh, carlos charlie ramos. ramos i believe charlie ramos thank you uh charlie ramos he looks dead he's, he's like i'm not putting this in charlie ramos's hands i'm throwing 97 right down the middle of the plate and owen miller just stares at it like uh like stoney <laughs> talked about the life on michael's fastball and he showed the life there and, and michael geared up through 97 and you just saw the fu-ness of michael kopech late in that game and he figured out how to make it all work and then he figured out how to shove it down your throat and that's what i loved about kopech's outing today and what i learned in that bat is you don't send the isu redbird to hit a ball versus uh michael kopech all right take it easy on the redbirds all right <laughs> <laughs> that was for our guy steven nicholas is a isu redbird and our guy chris ranji too he went to that school too but yeah that is I saw the same thing, and I was like, 
Man, it's a great game to watch, apparently, Owen Miller. Damn, <laughs> what were you expecting there? It's two right. strikes. He just threw you a, a perfect, a B pitch. Perfectly up on the outer corner, up top on the strike zone. I don't know what my man Charlie Ramos was watching because that was a strike every day of the week. He missed a couple of those. He was, For the most part, Charlie was on his game. Not a full-time uh, Major League umpire as yet, but I can see a future for that guy because he was pretty good with uh, balls and strikes for the most part. But, yeah, okay. Michael Kopech has it. Mm-hmm. He did, oh, yeah. as as we did, as we saw before, 25-pitch uh, first inning. His teammates let him down. What does he do? He picks them up. He says, I got you guys. I know you guys are kicking the ball back behind me, but I got you, baby. We're, we're good to go. Here's a strikeout. Here's a curveball. Here's a slider. Here's 97. Can you hit it? No, you can't. This vaunted Indians team came into Guardians. Gar- Damn it! Came into this game <laughs> as the second least um, uh, K rate in Major League Baseball with 19.7. Michael Kopech said, I don't give a goddamn who the hell y'all is. Y'all can't hit me. That confidence that he has, that Dylan Cease has, that Lucas Gilio has from time to time is hard to buy. And he knows that no team. No matter if you're the best hitting team. And he went against Jose Ramirez. He's like, hey, man, I ain't scared of you. Herb might be scared of you. You better buy a dog, but I ain't. I got you. And he <laughs> struck out seven guardians tonight. That tells you a lot about that man and the White Sox pitching staff up until the ninth inning. They were striking out a bunch of guardians today. It's great to see that we have that guy that is a top of the rotation. And we have three of them at least. Like, Dylan's, I don't know who's better, Dylan Cease or him. And going to the Dylan. future, it's going to be a battle for the Cy Young because I'm serious. I, if they these guys keep healthy, their track is to the moon. And hi, Paul Correct. It's good to see you, brother. Hi, Paul Correct. He's he's working on an A.J. Pollock impression. I don't know if you heard about that. Is it like just dour and, hey, guys, yeah, it's, it's probably A.J. Pollock, guys. You see my home run? It's probably his Jake Lamb impersonation, which I love. So uh, I'll, I'll hear all of his impersonations that he wants to send. Uh, but kind of like a Jake that- Lamb impersonation. That, that wasn't Jake Lamb? That, oh, right. Uh, Alexander Moss said, so are we going to be able to sign Kopech, Cease, and Giolito? Because they're all looking like $180 million plus pitchers. Maybe I should just enjoy them while it lasts. I think you should. I think that's what what you should be enjoying. I, I mean, we saw the the bitterness back and forth between the Sox and Giolito this offseason. I don't think they're going to come to a long-term deal. Maybe they're able to get something with Cease, but let's check out who his agent is. Oh, it's Scott Boris and Michael Kopech is basically a thoroughbred horse of pitching. So they're going to have to pay someone it just really depends on who they're going to pick and i think that could be the debate the big debate for Sox fans it will be an annoying debate but it will be cease or kopech because i really don't think they're going to sign giolito <sighs> even though i would love for them to sign giolito That's either or uh, or i could or i can say both i mean I, I i think the question is if you're asking both everyone would say both because they're damn good pitchers uh so i oh. would say you know make it a little bit more difficult you have to pick one I'd probably go cease, but so, ask, me, ask me on friends. a different day. Yeah, it's a it's Sophie's like, choice. It's, it's a tough one. Would you go cease or Kopech if you had to pick one for the rest of the career? I, I think I'd go cease today. It's Of course it's cease because he's never really been hurt in the major leagues, and Kopech is oft injured. Yeah, and Tommy John already, too. Exactly. And so uh, you, first, you saw your first – uh, uh, quality start out of Michael Kopech today. 
First time he went six innings this year. I can see it, though. Everybody can see it. It's the, it is a Sophie's choice of pitchers. Like, I think at their highest points, Michael Kopech is the better pitcher. Because he doesn't even know how to pitch yet. He's just throwing for the most part. You yeah. see the pitcher developing. Once he becomes a pitcher, like I was saying earlier in the pregame, where he's not looking to strike out guys. He's looking to just get weak contact so he can be a little bit more efficient, which he was today. It was awesome because he pitched those 25-plus pitches in the first inning, and then by the fifth inning, he was in his 70s. I was like, man, that is a Houdini act. That's why you get to the sixth inning. That's how you complete that game or complete the six innings that he did today. So I say if I had to guess now, I'm going with Kopech is my horse overseas, and that's just barely I just like that Cease has two for sure breaking balls right now. His fastball is more straight than Kopech. Kopech has probably the best fastball, one of the best fastballs in the major leagues uh, right now. But if Cease ever develops a changeup, then I think things get really hairy. And I think that, you know, Kopech can't really match up with a pitcher who can throw four pitches, but that's not there yet. So, and I, I don't think there's a bad choice because both guys look like absolute studs right now. I think we've got to everything, Herb. Uh, it's good to see you on Moncada back. I think we can look at some positives. Good to see that happen. Like you mentioned, even though they lost, good to see them get over nine runs today. And we can just look, I think, at the, the big negative of today. The bullpen has been better than it has been today. So hopefully, you know, you don't blow another six-run lead. The defense, though, is probably the biggest takeaway because that needs to be fixed. That's been a constant issue against this Cleveland team and versus every other team. There's a reason you're leading the league in, in errors this year. So I think that's the biggest thing that needs to be cleaned up from this White Sox team is less, you know, the bullpen and, and, and less the hitting because I think the hitting is going to come around. You saw that today, but it, it's it's the defense that really needs to get cleaned up for the Sox. Yeah, Joe Kelly, too. That bullpen is in good hands. Yes. And I see that Eric wants to go with Cease. Same thing with Eli out there in Israel. Hey, man, there's no wrong answer right there, even though I'm wrong with my Kopech pick, apparently. I don't think you're wrong. I think, you know, it is, it, like you said, it is a very, very tough choice. Uh, also, two more things. Uh, Steven, I think we have these graphics, so I don't think I'm too much of a pain in the ass here to, to throw these out here. Uh, the Joe thousand, Kelly ones, uh, what's that? It's 239. I mean, 1239. It doesn't matter. Here's Joe Kelly. Uh, Joe Kelly, here's all of his strikes. uh, And you just see the guy's missing the middle of the plate. And if he is hitting the middle of the plate, it's down. It's perfect to see that. Love to see Joe Kelly uh, and and the way that he pitched. His stuff was nasty. So shout out to Joe Kelly. Had a great debut in a Sox uniform. And then the final one is the uh, run index one, the run uh, expectancy matrix one, uh, where it has all this one. Yeah, runners on base, and, and you see empty, runner on first base, runner on second base, runner on first and second, et cetera, et cetera. And by outs and one out and two outs, this is just to go to, I think it was the the, the bottom of the 10th inning herb where they ended up doing a sacrifice bunt with Leary. I yes. just want to make sure. Yeah. That's they end correct. up running sacrifice and bunting uh, with Leary uh, and moving runners from first to second to second and third with uh, one out. And I saw people bringing it up and, and just talking about the sacrifice bunt choice. You could see there with no outs runners on first and second run expectancy of 1.373. When you go to second and third with one out 1.352, I don't mind the difference to sacrifice bunt there just because 
you do have a sack fly opportunity and then it did force them to walk ta which then i guess was the downfall because you get the force out at home but i didn't mind the decision to at least move those runners over to second and third i know you obviously disagree but uh, you know the the numbers there kind of show you it's a toss-up and uh, i would rather have two guys in scoring position there uh than guys on first and second so that's just me but uh the only reason i disagree is because you're giving out an out you're giving up an out there Right. And yes, I understand. You're only trying to score one run because at that time the game is tied. Moving the guys over to second and third keeps you out of the double play. Then they have to walk Tim to get to Yoan. I would r- would rather have Lurie Garcia, who's swinging a hot bat, to get some hits off of Class A. Was it Class A at the time? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would. Hey, Class A was getting rocked. AJ Pollock with a rocket shot to right field off of Class A. He was. Blowing it past Yoan and with a weak contact there to shortstop through the ball home to get the force out. And the same thing pretty much for Jose. And he got the fielder's choice to end that inning. I don't detest the sack bunt there. But always I will side on the part where you say you have a hitter. Go to bat. Go through. If he strikes out, he strikes out but at least you're not giving up an out automatically. And so, yeah, I understand the, the thought process. Only one running to the score, but it's just giving up an outs always hurt me. It always does, unless you're giving it up an out for and run right there, but you didn't do that. So my favorite I'm not going to get on Tony too badly about that. That's, that's a thing where I think 95% of the people believe that that was the correct move. Go with it. I don't think it was a correct move. I don't think it was. I mean, if it, if it works out, you're not going to bash it. If it doesn't work out, again, I don't think it's the reason they lost because they chose to to have a sacrifice bunt there. But it, it is an interesting, you know, strategy discussion there. But my favorite comment of the night is going to go to Zach Fakenaim, who says MLB needs to ban the bunt uh, because it is just so hot. It is so toxic uh, that that's my type of brand. And that's my type of content right there. Just ban it completely so I don't have to talk about I'm it. In. That's Herb Lawrence. I know my guy, the Miz, is in for it, too. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow Herb Lawrence on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Thank you to Vinny Duber for joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We started off with over, I think it was like 40 people before we even started the live stream, and we still got 70 strong in here. So thank you to all of you for joining us in the chat. All of our podcast listeners, we hope you enjoy, and thank you to Stephen Nicholas for your great production. We will talk to you tomorrow, and hopefully the Sox will clean things up and get a win versus the Guardians. For Herb Lawrence, Vinny Duber, Stephen Nicholas, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll talk to you tomorrow, and go Sox.